0: This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ, in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. It's funny how... And this has happened multiple times, you know. I, didn't, I hadn't told anybody what I'm speaking about, but it just seems like everything just fits together so perfectly. Like, you know, the the little passage that Derek read this morning. How'd you know? You know. And then the songs that were picked out. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. So glad to be here this morning. You know, I was thinking, on the way in, uh, I drove separately. Because uh, the uh, the ladies apparently trust us husbands, fathers enough to be without him for a little bit after church today, and uh, I'm glad that y'all get opportunity to do that. Really do. Um, but I digress. I was alone for a few minutes, so I could think. I'm not used to that, you know, when you got kids in the back seat, it's, it's not quiet usually, uh, anyway, I was just driving along this morning thinking about, this is kind of random, but thinking about how often I get so wrapped up in things, you know, like whatever it is, whether it's at work, you know, taking care of a patient or, you know, whether you're, you're at work, uh, taking care of a customer or, or, uh, Focused in on this programming thing or on the ledgers and, you know, whatever it is, you find, I find myself just so, like, hyper-focused sometimes that you kind of come out of it at a certain point. Like, where am I? You know, (laughs) what time is it? Uh, You get so lost in things and, and sometimes, you know, You lose track of, I don't know, I have to take myself up sometimes to remember, why did I go down this path? It seemed important at the time, but it's really not. I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about on the way. And uh, I guess I was thinking about that because I was thinking about the topic this morning. And, you know, we're going to kind of look at reverence this morning. And, um, I was just thinking about how I digress from that so often and get wrapped up in things that, that don't matter. Um, anyway, I, uh, I'm so glad to see, you know, if you consider yourself a visitor, we're glad you're here. And, uh, I was telling, uh, Jill's here, Jess's mom. She spent the weekend with us. And uh, I told her she picked a a bad Sunday to come because I'm speaking this morning. (laughs) Uh, So regardless of who's speaking, you know, who's presenting, the author is the best. So I'm going to try to stick to that this morning. And,
1: um, you know, so reverence
0: is kind of, A word I picked up on uh, in my studies. And I don't know, it resonated with me a little bit. Just the word. So kind of, that's what we'll we'll look at. Just a brief sermon this morning. Um, And I think maybe I picked up on it. You know, and I won't harp on the state of society. Um, because we know the state of it. But the flip side of reverence, you know, the word irreverent is, uh, I don't know, it, it's a good descriptor of the state of affairs, it seems like. The state of society these days. And maybe that's kind of why I picked up on it. You know, the world, they, they like irreverence, you know. Uh, they pride themselves in it. Taking things that should be honored and revered and just trashing them. You know, we see it all, all around us all the time. Um, you know, you should watch this movie because uh, it's an irreverent comedy. You know, or you should, um, I don't know, go see this stand-up comedian because he's completely irreverent. You know, he doesn't care about who or what he bashes. He just bashes everything. And it's hilarious. You know, that mindset. I see that in the world. And um, it seems like those who are not Christians are increasingly vocal and uh, irreverent towards God. And those who believe in God. And that irreverence is, uh, you know, it didn't start out that way. It's, It's due to, It's the result of of some things like pride, you know, um, lack of knowledge of the Scriptures. Just the instability that results from that and not knowing their place within God's creation. Irreverence. And you see that a lot in the world, just the opposition to... um, to God and and uh, his followers. Brother Dane, uh, Dane and I were talking about had an awesome study Wednesday and, and Dane and I it stirred up a lot. Dane and I were out on the front porch talking for a minute and he, you know, we're talking about the, somehow it came up that, and I'm sure you've heard him say it, it's nothing new. We shouldn't be surprised about the state of the world, of society. Um, Because God's Word tells us that it will continue to devolve away from Him. The world will to fall further away from God's truth. The irreverence towards God and Christ is certainly nothing new. At the end of uh, Mark 11, if you have your Bibles, great. If not, you can listen along. I don't have a PowerPoint today. Um, but at the end of Mark 11, we see the scribes, um, the chief priests, and I think it says the elders there, um, you know, they were up to their usual shenanigans. Um, They're trying to trick Jesus into saying something that they could trip him up on, um, something they could use to, to persecute him. And of course he knew, I mean... He knew. And so they're, they're asking him a question here into Mark 11. And he responds with a question. Um, to trip them up instead. You know, he gave them a dose of their own medicine. Uh, and them, with the pride in their hearts, with the lack of humility... Their refusal to admit that he was who he said he was, you know, their refusal to admit his sovereignty, we see in Mark 11 uh, 33, that they answered. And they said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. You know, he knew that whatever they answered, he was trapping them. And so, you know, we, we can't tell. So Jesus said, you know, well, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. And then immediately following this, we have uh, this parable in Mark 12. That's kind of what I'm looking at this morning. Mark 12, it's the parable of the tenant. Uh, We'll just read through that real quick. Mark 12, first 12 verses. And he began to speak unto them by parables. And a certain man, he planted a vineyard. And he set a hedge about it, and he dug a place for the wine fat, and he built a tower. You know, he's got everything you need there to have a nice, successful vineyard. And uh, and he, he let it out. In other words, he rented out to some guys, husbandmen, and he went into a far country. I was trying to think of something you could compare this to. It's like, I don't know, building an apartment complex. You know, you built the parking lot. Get everything just right, and um, and then you go on, you know. And and at the season, he sent to the husbandmen a servant. So the crops are coming, coming up. Uh, rents coming due, and it's time to collect the rent or collect your part of the crops because you own all, you know you own the thing. And you're renting it out to these guys. And so, he sent to the husbandman a servant, you know, that he might receive from the husbandman of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him. And they didn't pay their rent, you know. They didn't pay what was due of their crop. They beat him. (laughs) And they sent him away empty. And so he's... He sent unto them another servant, and at him they cast stones, and wounded him in the head, and sent him away, shaven fully handled. And again he sent another, and him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. Verse 6, Having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, He sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. But those husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and the inheritance. It will be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. And Jesus says to these scribes, He says, What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandmen, and will give the vineyard unto others. And have you not read the Scripture, the stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they sought to lay hold on Him. Why? They feared the people, for they knew that He had spoken the parable against them. And they left and went their way. And we know that this parable refers to the Jews. You know, uh, It's not just a story about a, a, a great vineyard it's referring to the Jews to their rejection their murder of the Messiah despite all of these prophets that had gone on before you know um, you know this parable talks about how the gospel it's foreordained it was open up to the Gentiles and, and, and to the whole world. And it's interesting to me, uh, to me to think about how as Jesus is telling this parable, He's referring to Himself, you know, with the, old, the old, old Testament Scriptures. He uses a verse from Psalms to point out that He is that stone which the builders rejected and has become the head of the corner. But I'd like to key in just briefly um, on verse 6. It goes so well with what you read this morning, Derek. Mark 12, verse 6. Having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, they will reverence my son. Reverence. The father in this parable uh, we know to be to be God Himself, you know. Having sent others before, He, he decided to uh, up the game. He had one son, His well beloved. Hebrews 1, first four verses Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. And when he had cleansed us from our sins, he had sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. And the rest of the chapter kind of confirms about how Jesus is so much higher than the angels. Had one son. John 10, verse 30. Jesus said, I and my father are one. John 14, Philip said, Lord, show us this father, and we will be satisfied. You know, they're always wanting one more miracle. One more. Show us one more thing so we can believe, you know. And Jesus said, Have I been with you all this time Philip and yet you still don't know who I am anyone who has seen me has seen the father so why are you asking me to show him to you don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me the words I speak are not my own but my father who lives in me does his work through me that was NLTE This is the same son. Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And the Scriptures, you know, they couldn't be any more clear about the divine uh, nature of Jesus as God's well-beloved Son. And they couldn't be any more clear that He was and and is um, loved by God and approved of by God you know we look at this parable and then we look at God and and Jesus and and just the the connection there John 3 and and verse 35 says the father loveth the son and hath given all things into his hand Isaiah 42 the first First, uh, I mean the whole chapter, but we'll just read the first four verses. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails through the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for His instruction. And we can't help but remember when when Jesus was baptized, how the heavens opened up. Matthew 3 and 16. And Jesus, when He was baptized, He went up straightway out of the water. And lo the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. One more here. John 17, 24. Jesus says, Father, I will that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So back in Mark 12, verse 6, the father refers to his son, uh, in the parable, which obviously it's God referring to Jesus. Uh, He refers to Jesus as his well-beloved son. And we've just looked a little at the divine nature of this son and how he was and is the subject of God's love and approval. But um, what was the mission of this son in the parable? And figuratively, you know, Mark twelve six. Having yet, therefore, one son, his well beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. God had sent all of his prophets, his ministering servants, to teach, you know, to warn the people, to reveal his will. Unto them, but last of all, he sent his son from his own bosom. You know, John one eighteen. No man had seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him before the the creation of of all that is physical, all that we know, the universe. All that we know and see Jesus was with His Father. We can't really comprehend that, but it pleased God to create the universe, to create um, us. Even though we kept making bad choice after bad choice, we see it through the through the scriptures. He had patience with us. He gave us chance after chance and and then finally, you know, he pulled out all the stops. He sent prophet after prophet and the people stoned him, killed him, beat him. gets gets all those sin out and then he's he's like you know what it's time for the big guns it's time for what's most important to me my one and only son and he sent him into a world of sinners you know first of all to his own the Jews the seed of Abraham the house of Israel But also, as we we mentioned, with an express design to benefit the whole world. You know, he was sent to be the savior of the the world, to restore men to God's image, to his favor. God's enjoyment. You know, He created us for His glory. Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. He came to illuminate a dark world by the gospel. He came to recover us through His power and grace. He came to redeem us upon the cross. A sacrifice by which all others Pale in comparison, He came to purify us through His Spirit and blood, His life, His death. All showed infinite love and grace and mercy. And back to Mark 12, verse 6. Having therefore yet one Son, His well-beloved, He sent Him also last unto them saying, they will reverence my son. And the root word for reverence here is uh, entrepo, which means obviously to reverence. But I thought it was interesting. It also means to turn about. To put to shame. to turns one's attention to in a riveted, like a locked in position. I mean, wow. The term is also used of recoiling or turning away in shame at times of a wholesome shame, which leads a man to consideration of his condition. It sounds like repentance. Me, You know, when I first read this verse, Mark 12 uh, and six, I think of God ramping it up, you know, trying to reach our hardened hearts through the prophets, watching them turn into martyrs and then turning to his one and only well beloved son saying, surely they will reverence my son. Hoping that they would give, you know, that we would give him deference, give him the utmost respect, uh, respect, give him our obedience willfully by loving him for who he was and is and by recognizing his his worthiness for reverence can't mention the word reverence really without thinking of you know Isaiah and Revelations um, 5 verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy, is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Ah, that's reverence. That's reverence. <clears throat> the father in this parable was hoping you know they will reverence my son and show him obedience surely luke 6 and 47 and 48 whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them I will show you to whom he is like. He's like a man who built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. He said, they will surely reverence my son and follow his example. John 10 and verse 27, he says, my sheep... They hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Ephesians 5 and 8, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light and in the, in the Lord walk as children of light. We see we see in Mark twelve that the you know the, the scribes, the chief priests, and the elders there—they uh, were too proud to be corrected. You know, they saw that this parable is about us. <laughs> and you know, at that point, you kind of have a decision to make. You know, you can. You can stand corrected or you can be like them and, and be too proud to be corrected. They didn't make a mid-course correction, did they? Um, they ended up under God's condemnation. Just like in this story, uh, God gave him chance after chance. <clears throat> And He gives us a chance to willfully recognize His Son, to choose to obey, seeing His love, His his worthiness to be obeyed and followed. But should we be as the the scribes here, we see the, the rest of the parable. And then we can read the, you know, the last part of Mark 12 and verse 6 another way. Um, with love at first, surely they will reverence my son. But also with a conviction and a forcefulness that only God can back up, can enforce. You know, uh, they will. Reverence my son. Every knee will bow. Just as infinite as the glory of, of Christ and his purity, his holiness, you know, his light, his beauty, his perfection, the riches of his grace, his preciousness to us, that we get to be redeemed into the very presence of God for all eternity because of Jesus. Just as infinite as that is, so is the wrath that's been stored up for those who As we can see in the history of the Jews, as we can see in the parable here, um, what has been promised to those who refuse Him and will be subjected to, as we know, weeping and and gnashing of teeth. Psalms 2.11 kind of gives homage to the power that we recognize within God as our Creator and within His Son. It says, serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. To me, that is that is reverence. And as we read the parable, of the ten, uh, tenants, and particularly Mark uh, twelve verse six here, um, we should consider our openness to to divine uh, correction. You know, do I allow God to? Challenge me through his word, through others, or do I tend to respond uh, with pride, uh, indignation, angrily uh, to correction? And when we're more concerned about how others perceive us than whether we're pleasing God, um, it's easy to see. Um, correction as a confrontation rather than an opportunity uh, to prayerfully consider our posture before God. That's where I want to be. Let us show reverence in all things towards God's precious Son, our Savior, and our Redeemer. I'll leave you with a verse here in Proverbs 15. Whosoever heeds life giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord and humility comes before honor. It's been an honor to, to show reverence to our Savior this morning with you through song and prayer and uh, through just reading some of His Word. Um, we have an invitation, song prepared to show your heart be pricked. Um, if you're like me, I'm, I, I lack in reverence Except only in certain moments. And I'd like to change that. Uh, like I said, I, it's easy to get down a path, get hyper-focused in on something of this world and then snap out of it sometimes. But I, I want to try to stay snapped out of it and focus upon what is important and that is giving reverence to God, to, what, uh, to the Gospel So we have an invitation song. If if you're pricked um, to repentance, come confess and be baptized for remission of your sins into his church. Or if you desire the prayers of the church, uh, we welcome you at this time. Let's stand and sing.